Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Dean's List, where we discuss the hottest news around the <laughs> NBA and NFL. with another episode of the Dean's List. We're joined by Sean. He's finally back with us. We're glad to have him back. Um, and obviously, NFL season is among us. Coming up in the next two weeks, we have our last week of preseason game going on right now. So we know we had to hop on, talk about who we have in the Super Bowl, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, all that stuff. Um, we got some things to talk about, so let's get right into it. I have a little monologue that I have to talk about. I was listening to The Pivot this week and they had Byron Leftwich on. He's the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was in a lot of head coaching interviews in the off season. And to me, I thought he was going to get the Jaguars job. I know there was a lot of rumors about he wanted his guy from Arizona and bulky to be fired for the Jacksonville. And that's the reason why he didn't get the job, but he was interviewed for the saints job. He was interviewed for, I believe Houston and a bunch of others. And so listening to this podcast, which if you haven't listened to the pivot with Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor and Channing, uh, Crowder, it's a podcast that you got to listen to. I mean, it, I think it's a really great and well-done podcast. But Ryan Clark and Fred Taylor are both ex-teammates of Byron Leftwich. Fred Taylor played with him in Jacksonville, and Ryan Clark played with him when he was a backup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the thing that like really comes across is how well-liked of a guy he is. Two different teammates, two different experiences, one as a starter and one as a star, as the Jacksonville Jaguars QB, and then one as the backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both tremendous respect for him. And they constantly talk about his relationship with Bruce Arians. And it first started in Pittsburgh when he was the backup quarterback. And he would talk to Byron if he wanted anything really to get across to Ben. So already as a backup, and he's basically an inferior player at that time to Ben Roethlisberger, Ben's looking to him, not maybe as not a mentor, but he had a lot of respect for him. And that was a common thing, obviously, in Jacksonville and in Pittsburgh. Fast forward, we're in Arizona and... He says that Carson Palmer goes down. They're 13 and one. Byron Leftwich has been retired for two years now. He asked him to come back and play right away, meaning he thinks he's that high intelligent that he can come in and he knows the playbook. He knows and he can come in and not skip a beat. Turns it down because he's obviously not in football shape or whatever. Bruce keeps telling him throughout Pittsburgh and Arizona, like you need to look into coaching. So we fast forward to Tampa and we're talking about Bruce Arians and he's like basically telling him, Hey, like, you know, better than I know because you play quarterback at the highest level. I'm going to listen to you. And you're like, you're going to tell me what you see every time. So there's the high intelligence from a quarterback perspective. He's played in the league for a long time, really smart quarterback as well. And then you're talking about having to deal with one of the most, not one of the most, but the smartest probably quarterback that we have ever had in our league as your quarterback, Tom Brady. And Tom Brady respects you enough that he's willing to listen and he's going to do whatever you tell him to do, whether he thinks it's right or not. And that's what the, like the thing that really comes across to me is not only how smart of a football player he was and already a smart offensive coordinator, but how well-respected he is from his peers to guys that he played with back in the day to now his players. And so if you're really doing your research from one of those teams and he has the production, obviously he has a Super Bowl 
win under his belt as an offensive coordinator. And I understand that Tom Brady was his quarterback, but that offense was still clicking with Jameis. It was still a very high-powered offense. It was just he turned the ball over too much. So he's obviously has the um, the experience from a quarterback perspective, the experience as an offensive coordinator, and you're talking about he has the respect and you know the praise from all his players from past and now and current. To me, I think it's ridiculous that he does not have a head coaching job, and if he doesn't get one in the next few years, I think that's crazy. And I, I don't know if that's because they look at him different. I don't know why, but like we're talking about people that have less experience than him getting head coaching jobs. Kevin O'Connell had the exact same experience or experience and situation. He just came off a Super Bowl win- winning team with unbelievable talent and got a job from the Minnesota Vikings. And he didn't even call plays for the Rams talking about Brian Dable. I understand how great of an offensive coordinator he is, but has he won a Super Bowl? Did he play in the league as a quarterback at a high level, as well as a backup? That's what to me is crazy. And that'll be the end of my monologue because to me, I just think it's ridiculous after listening to it. I already had that preconceived notion that it was already ridiculous that he didn't have a job, but after listening to the pivot, great podcast, by the way, how awesome of a guy he is, how smart of a football player he was, and offensive coordinator. I think it's crazy that we're not going into this 2022-2023 season as him as the head coach. And it's even crazier that he didn't even get it for his own team. That boy was cooking. That boy was cooking. All right. Um, I definitely agree with all your points, man. You definitely just laid it out. Um, it seemed like the NFL is going towards young offensive-minded coaches. But when it comes to a black young offensive-minded coach, I don't know. A little risky right there because, you know, he, he had a chance at the Jaguar job, but um, like you said, they wouldn't let him pair his the GM that he wanted to go to uh, Jacksonville with him. And that's usually when you really all in on a coach, that's what you want to do. You want to give them your, the same GM so everybody can be on the same page so you can pick your roster like that. Um, it's just tough, you know. I know we talked about, about this before, but um, it's going to take some other people to be in power and other people just open their eyes to, like, what's really going on. And honestly, you know, this past year I've worked in corporate America and I've seen literally this incident happen multiple times of um, people are diverse minorities uh, do all the legwork, be the best productive and not get the credit. And then, you know, you you get people that look like you and talk like you um, the highest ranking when they haven't proved any of that. So um, it's it's actually kind of funny because now working in corporate America, I kind of compare that a lot to these NFL situations. And, well, really just NFL, because NBA is getting a lot better. But um, when you see the, all these podcasts, you see these people from different backgrounds being able to tell their side of their story. It really reminds me of corporate America. So I think that's just a just another segment of America, how it goes. I'm, no matter how much work you put in, and somebody's not going to trust in you, and they don't think you're capable, they're not going to give you the job. I mean, we kind of already touched about this a couple months ago with the Miami situation. Um, so I ain't going to say too much here. I'd like, I, I think both of you guys hit on every point that need to be hit on. Um, for Leftwich, it, it seemed like he has a lot of connections in the NFL, and that's really what you need to move up. But I think, like, the connections can only take you so far because then, like, for example, with the Doug Peterson, he probably has more connections, you know, or just has that right connection. And if I'm just comparing those two, do you think that Peterson got the job over mainly because of the Super Bowl or a longer resume? In terms no, of well, so that was the thing. Byron Leftwich was, I think, given the job, but he didn't want bulky – he basically got the job ahead of Peterson. Peterson was not the first choice. It was Leftwich, but oh, Leftwich did not want Balky still there, and rightfully so. Balky has has had a bad track record of 
all the moves he's made, obviously. And so he wanted his guy from Arizona, the personnel guy, to come with him, which if you're going to clean house, that's the smartest way to do it. And that was part of those type of positions, man. It's like a small, a small circle, you know, small table to sit at. So maybe you make one suggestion that they ain't rocking with, you know, you right there might just blow your opportunity. But for a guy like him, though, he just got to keep knocking on the door, though. It'll come soon enough. Yeah. um, Did Peterson keep the same GM, Buffy? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And also, I just thought about Byron Lippert literally played for Jacksonville. So they should have been. Making I that, it was, that Kevin McConnell point was good though, because I, I I didn't even think about that. He was just offensive coordinator for the Rams too. That's crazy. But he didn't even call plays like that's Sean McVay. At least like Bruce Arians gave full control to Byron Leftwich. We didn't so, even hear Kevin McConnell's name really throughout the season. It was always Sean McVay's name. Like we hear a lot of other offensive coordinators right before that name. But yeah, I mean it's a, but it's the same thing with Nathaniel Hackett as well. You know, going to Denver, he didn't call his own plays. But I know we've talked about this, so let's move on. There's some other big changes going on in the NFL, but this time it's in the broadcasting booth. So what does that mean for us as the viewers? Thursday Night Football is changing. It's going to prime video. We got Kirk Herbstreet from college football finally making the jump up to the NFL with Al Michaels, who's leaving Sunday Night Football. Replacing him on Sunday Night Football is Mike Tirico, who will obviously be with Chris Collinsworth. And then Fox losing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They will be the Monday Night Crew opposite of the Manning cast, which returns for a second season on ESPN2. And then you have Fox replacing them with, now I guess their their top commentary would be uh, Burkhart, Keith Burkhart, and Greg Olson, the former tight end for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, CBS is staying the same, obviously, so nothing new there. But how do we feel about these changes? Because, I mean, obviously it's a little, a little new now that it's going to be streaming on Thursday Night Football. But from what it seems like, that that combo, they, they tried it out the other day. I think it was the Houston versus um, San Francisco 49ers preseason game. I love that combo, and I think that's going to make Thursday Night Football a whole lot a whole lot better than it really was. Um, and if you actually look at the slate, I think they have a lot of really good games. You know, the first one is Chargers-Chiefs. What um, games do they have? So they have – well, they have all the Thursday Night games. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So to name a few um, – it doesn't start till the week two because week one is Thursday night football on the NBC Thursday night football. Week two is chargers chiefs. Another few games will be bucks Ravens. Um, I believe they have, what was it? Brown Steelers in week three or four, three. So they have a lot of like divisional games. So a lot of them are going to be pretty good. And then Monday night is the same thing. There's a lot of divisional games as well. And Monday night football and Thursday night football have always really been bad. Like, I don't know if it's broadcasting, but it's just – I mean, a lot of us didn't really want to tune in too much unless it was a really good game. I was going to say, the games that they be putting on Thursday nights and Mondays be trash. Exactly. But now you got Troy Aikman and Joe Buck primetime on Monday Night Football to go along with Manning Cast. I think that's going to start to really, at least in my opinion, boost at least the popularity in both Thursdays, um, Thursday slots and Monday slots. Yeah, I agree because Sunday night usually always is the best uh, night of football, like Sunday night football. But I'm a, I'm a big Troy Aikman fan. I like the way he commentates. I like the way he plays down the game. So him on Monday night, I think is a big plus for sure. And Thursday night, just throwing uh, better competition, you just keep make, uh, making the competition better and better. Thursday night will be easier um, for fans to watch and digest. So I think I think they made some pretty good moves. And Kirk Herbstreit is going to be a big addition. There's going to be a change for him going. College in NFL. One night is he, he's Kirk Herbstreit Thursday night. He's Thursday night prime video. Yeah. Okay, so that that's a that should be cool. So um, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely excited for Monday night for sure though. Amazon tapping into another revenue 
I'm getting mm-hmm. sick of them. Unless my stock go up, then you know I'm, I'm gonna be tuned in. I think for Thursday and Monday night, though, if the uh, ratings start to go up, we might start seeing some better games. So I'm cool with it either way. I don't know too much about the announcer, so can't really speak too much on that. But <clears throat> the bright future right. is looking like. Yeah. All right. Let's get it right into it. Obviously, this is the NFL preview show, so we're gonna give us our playoff teams, um, you know, our Super Bowl matchups. Like I said earlier, AFC and NFC, and I'll start off because I got it right in front of me. So AFC, the first seed I had was the Bills going 14-3. and And this took me a while, too. Like, let me explain. Like, I went through each game because normally I would just be like, all right, these are the best teams. But I was like, let me actually, like, look up the schedule, you know, see who they're playing. I didn't go full board, like, okay, back-to-back, like a Thursday short turnaround game. But I did take in a lot of things into account. So I had Bills 14-3. and I have them as the best record in the whole entire league. You want to talk about a team that's going to be really fully loaded and ready to go. Now, people are going to say this is biased, but I have the Ravens 13-4. and at the two seed. Again, a lot of injuries last year. I think we're going to be healthier this year. Again, I loved our draft as well as we have one of the easier schedules outside oh, of our division. Not, not scheduled. Nice, for real, for real. Exactly. So, I like the way it looks for us. And then the Chiefs, I have them winning the AFC West. They're going to go 12-5. and five. I have the Colts winning the AFC South, 10-7, and seven, winning the tiebreaker against the Titans because this year I think they beat them, you know, not, instead of losing both of them. Chargers are my fifth seed, 11-6. and six. I have the Titans at 10 and 7 as the sixth seed and the Bengals at 10 and 7 as the seventh seed. And I want to pit this point on why some of them I have where they are. The Bengals, I don't expect them to maintain what they did last year. Like they were 10 I and 7 schedule, last year. Right? That, that schedule a little rough. Their schedule's a little rough, but it's more so go look, go look at what that, what they did last year. It was a lot of one score games. And how I always think about it, if you could lose those one score games, like I have another team in the NFC. You flip those, all of a sudden you're a playoff team. But if you were winning a lot of those and they flip the other way, you can find yourself outside the playoff picture. So that's the way I see the AFC. And I have the Bills matching up against the Ravens in the AFC championship game with the Bills coming from the AFC side uh, into the Super Bowl. So give me your AFC, guys. Um, any any differences? Um, I would assume AFC East, everybody's going to have the Bills. So I have Bills 13-4. and four. I had the Chargers coming out the AFC West. Um, okay. I looked at the Chiefs' schedule. So, obviously, they faced the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos twice. Then they also have to face the Rams, Colts, Bucks, Bills, Titans, and the Bengals. And we don't know how this receiving core is going to, you know, gel just yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely just a little skeptical. Meanwhile, the Chargers on both sides of the ball looking pretty nice. Um, and I think this could be the year where they finally – win the division so i have them coming out the afc west i have your ravens coming out the afc north at first i was thinking why did he do this then i looked at your schedule and i thought otherwise where did you have the Bengals? what was their record um i had the Bengals 10 and 7 okay okay that's why okay afc south colts 10 and 7 titans 9 and 8 nfc oh we ain't doing nfc sorry um and then coming out the afc i have the bills and then we're going to the super bowl as well you said your wild cards my wild cards were the Chiefs. Did I have the Bengals? Bengals. How many more do I got? The two more? You just got one more. Ooh, because then I have the Dolphins and Broncos both sitting at the same record. I don't have a I don't have a fourth one or third one. Do my list. A lot of things changing. You know, my list had to change, you know. You know how that go. So AFC North, I got the Ravens winning that division winning division. Um I, mean, I definitely agree. Like all the injuries have been really tough on the Ravens, and like people forget how I feel like people may forget how good Lamar Jackson is. The way I'm hearing, they're talking all season about his contract and stuff like that. So 
I mean, Lamar Jackson really still is the best quarterback in that division. AFC West, I got the Chiefs. Even though with their receiving core changing a little bit, they still got Travis Kelsey. They still got some good receivers. And Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Their defense is suspect, but I still feel like they're going to be the best team in AFC West. I didn't do records. I didn't think about doing records, but I just did the best teams. The Colts was it was it was tough pin the Colts over the Titans, but once I don't do that, out, don't do that, don't even do that, don't even do that to us, bro. What you mean? <laughs> it, it was tough because the Titans always they were literally number one seed in AFC last year overall, but they just them losing AJ Brown and um they don't really have a second receiver. I don't know, I'm not really sure who they on their receiving court is right it's now. Robert Robert was and then it's is is Burks their their second receiver? Am I am I missing somebody? Burks is their second receiver. Yeah, I might be. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's it. So I got. That's why I got the Colts because they got a really good defense, a good run game. I think Matt Ryan is gonna be pretty comparable. You know, he's, he's somebody to be comfortable with. And obviously the Bills. I think everybody has the AFC East. The Bills coming out the AFC East. My wild card. I have the Bengals uh, coming out because they did get a better offensive line. Um, they did improve on that. So that was really their one weakness they improved on. I got the Broncos being loved by Russell Wilson. I still think he's a top six, top seven quarterback in the leagues, and I think him and Jerry Judy will have a great connection. And the Chargers, for sure, the Chargers are stacked. So I think the AFC West is going to have three teams going to that division. Um, yeah, it's going it's, it's going to be tough picking out the AFC. There's a lot of good teams that's about to miss the playoffs. Yeah, ten and seven is the minimum. Like, and that's the that's right. If you ain't cutting ten and seven, you're not making it. All right, Nick. <laughs> All right. All right, let's move to the NFC. Um, number one seed, I had the Rams, 13-4. Uh, and four. Uh, Number two seed, I have the Green Bay, 13-4. and four. And probably people would think that that would be a little too many wins. You know, there's a lot of concerns, I feel like, on their wide receiving core. But honestly, I don't really think that's going to be an issue. They have two really solid running backs um, and a really good def- defense going into next year. Uh, the Saints, I have them as a third seed. That's going to be my biggest upset. Um, they're going to take the the NFC South at 11 and six. I really love what they've done. Uh, Tyron Matthew at the safety position. Uh, I really love Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and obviously people forget when Michael Thomas was on the field, he was a top five receiver at a time. Some people even have him as the best receiver. So let's not forget that. You know, if he's out there, he's going to be a productive player. Number the, the four seed, I have the Eagles winning the NFC East again. Really love what they did this off season. Um, I think they're a really complete team, probably the better team I think we've had out of the NFC East in a while. Two really good receivers in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, a really good receiving tight end in Dallas Goddard. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, if he keeps progressing, he's a solid player. Don't forget that. And then at the same time, that defense is is just stout. Like, they just got guys everywhere. Wild card, obviously, have the Bucks 11-6. and six. And the reason why I have them losing the NFC South is, yes, don't get um, – kind of like this all the smokes and mirrors about like you know their wide receivers and the skill players like don't let that fool you like there are some big concerns that they have with the injuries up front in the interior offensive line that's going to really stop them from being able to do what they want to do running the football with Leonard Fournette with Ryan Jensen out for the year losing Kappa at the guard position they have some concerns interiorly in the offensive line that really it's it's going to like make a difference and now with Tom Brady going away, we really don't know what's going on there. I think there is some concerns going into the year. I have the Vikings as this, or no, sorry, 49ers at the six seed, 11 and six. They're going to get off to a slow. They're going to have an up and down season uh, with Trey Lance in his first year. But I truly believe Trey Lance is a really damn good player from what I've seen. 
He's going to be explosive, way more explosive than Jimmy G was, and there's going to be some more low moments. But that team, talent-wise, one of the best in the league. The seventh seed, I had the Vikings. I was just talking about the Bengals flipping some of the one win or the single-digit games that they ended up winning. The Vikings just if they flip half of those games last year, they're eleven. They're an eleven-win season. So that's my seven. I got the Rams and Saints in the NFC Championship game. And the Rams playing the Bills in the Super Bowl. First things first, man. I mean, I, I looked at Green Bay's schedule. It is low key. They, they can kick up, but thirteen and four, and that passing and, and that pass catching group is questionable. I just don't know. Thirteen and four is that the second best record on this list on, on your list that you had at least? That would be the tie for second best record with three teams or two other teams. And we putting a whole lot of faith in Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, I had the Rams coming out NFC West twelve and five. NFC South was – that one was tough because I have real high hopes for the Saints, and the Bucks do have a lot of injuries as well. So I'll, I'll edge the Saints coming out NFC South. NFC North, I'm going to take the, the Vikings here for them to get out of the NFC North. I think it's going to be down to the wire. I also think that they'll split um, the games this year. And then coming out – who am I missing? That Mr. Eagles. Oh, uh, yeah, NFC East. Yeah, I had the Eagles. So one question is, where? what's the Cowboys ranking that you had, or what's their record? Did you? Oh, I can blow that up. I had the Cowboys at 10 and 7. Just missing out. Because then I will have uh, – it'll be Bucks, 49ers, and then Cowboys. I'm not sure about the 49ers. I still have not watched a lot from Trey Lance. So y'all, y'all would know more about that than me, but still not 100% sold just yet. Sean. So NFC, uh, I'm starting to NFC North. Um, I got the Packers winning that. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna, uh, his receivers are gonna end up playing good enough for them to win. Um, even though I really didn't agree with him calling out his uh, his receivers like that, I thought that was just, I thought that was just corny. I, I ain't really agree the way he he been calling out his receivers all training camp. I just think that's just bad leadership. Um, but I still got the Packers winning that. They still got a good run game. Still got a very good defense. Good secondary. Obviously, I got the Rams winning the NFC West. Are they just super stacked? Allen, um, Allen Robinson. They got Bobby Wagner now. Like, they about to go crazy again. I also got the Saints as well. Like, I like what the Saints did. Like, I think if Jameis Winston stays healthy, the Saints can really be a problem. They always have a good defense. Mm-hmm. They really – they low-key got one of the best receiving cores in the league. They really think mm-hmm. about it. Like, Landry really is a pro ball receiver every year. He just – They were only – what were they last year? Like, 9-8? and eight? Yeah. They missed they out by – two more wins, and they weren't even healthy last year. Yeah, it was like something weird. Like if Philly lost the last game, they would have gotten in. Um, and it was like the Cowboys benched all their starters. Yeah, so yeah, the Saints really got a squad for real. The Jameson stayed healthy and played well. They got some good, some good weapons. I got the Eagles as well when the NFC East. I think the Cowboys just been kind of fell off, but the the the, uh, the Eagles had a really good draft. They have a really good front seven. Jalen Hurts is a is a good player. Uh, I don't know if he's really that efficient of a throw, but he's a really good player. And they got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown outside Miles Sanders. So they have a really – they have the best roster for sure in the East. So I have no one in that. But for my wild cards, I got the Bucks um, making a wild card. I do think you just – see, I feel like I'll be giving uh, everybody a bit of a doubt when it comes to, like, personal things, when it comes to sports, like the energy and personal. But it just seemed kind of weird because Tom Brady, like, he really didn't even want to be with the Bucks this year. Like, he mm-hmm. kind of just wanted to be on the whole other team. He wanted to be on the uh, the Dolphins, and now he's kind of coming back. I feel like he's selling to come back to this team, but at the same time, I gotta give respect to Tom Brady. He definitely might miss the playoffs. But you still got Julio Jones. You added, if he stay healthy, that's gonna be a problem. They got Russell Gage now, so I got the Vikings winning too. Uh, getting to the uh, wild card. 
just because Justin Jefferson, they got a really good offense. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a better year this year. And I got the Cardinals making it. Uh, it, was, it was hard keeping the 49ers out. I ain't going to fake it. The 49ers got a stacked roster, but they just so focused on Trey Lance right now. I feel like the Cardinals, usually they uh, – Colin Murray gets worse throughout the season, but they're going to have uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming back on the second half of the season. That's gonna, I think that's going to keep Colin Murray up and keep him uh, a strong season throughout the whole season. So what, what week were they targeting his return? Or just after the second oh, half, more or less? Yeah, they're having on with the first eight games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's what that's the reason why I kept him out. That's gonna like, be a lot of ground to make up though. That's gonna be a lot of ground to make up, as well as the fact that if you really think about it, I mean, I'm not very high on Hollywood Brown. So I mean, I don't really know what that offense is gonna look like to start the year because again, they did lose Christian Kirk. So they're really kind of anticipating Rondell uh more to be that guy as well as Hollywood Brown and AJ Green. So I'm really curious to see what they're going to be like, as well as all the drama that was coming out of kind of the off season with Kyler Murray and that whole film study contract. It's going to be kind of weird um, going into the year. Who, what was your Super Bowl matchup and who do you guys have winning? I had the bucks and bills and the bills taking it. I mean, honestly, I didn't really, I, I really didn't make one um, because it's kind of hard, but I'll say the Rams, the Rams versus the Ravens. I like the sound yeah, of that. Look, he's smiling everything, man. Hey, man, I like the sound of that. I have the Rams and Bills with the Bills winning. All right, let's move on to superlatives. Um, so I'll start with the first one. Superlatives, team most likely to underachieve. Jaron, give me your first. Mm, underachieve. <laughs> okay. uh, do I have to go with the Bengals just based off those last six games? Uh, yeah, give me the Bengals. They're 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 due for some type of regression, um, and I think everybody is still extremely high on them, just based off of the Super Bowl run. But they're gonna underachieve somewhat this year. And I, it, it, this was hard because there, there were two other teams, but though, that's that's the one I'm gonna have to go with. All right, Sean, I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Um, everybody mm-hmm. thinks Bill Belichick gonna win nine games. Be Bill Belichick. I mean, they they receiving core is literally garbage. Um, they don't really have any star receivers. They got a good receiver. Like they got good receivers, but I know star receivers. And he's just is that their one total at nine games? Is that? I mean, I'm that. I'm, I don't oh, know. You that's got, yeah, okay, yeah, my phone. Yeah, just from what people are saying and stuff, I feel like they probably only win like five six games, really. And I think this is gonna be the first year that people like look at the Patriots like y'all just not good anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually only had them winning seven games, so I can agree with that. That was one of my teams. Um, I'm gonna go a little different. If I would have had to say the most team likely to underachieve would be the Cowboys. Even though I have them at 10 and 7, I can see a world where they go a lot worse. Let's be real, man. They, they lost Amari Cooper. Is Zeke still the same running back? I don't believe so. Their defense hasn't got a whole lot better. I know Michael Parsons is elite. Trayvon Diggs is a touchdown give up or an interception. But this team I don't think is the best team in the NFC East anymore. And I think there's a world where they go 7 and 10. They schedule so light, though. I agree. But at the same time, like, when I'm looking at these weapons, Michael Gallup's not going to be back for the first, what, five, six weeks most likely with his injury. Mm-hmm. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb. And do we really know if CeeDee Lamb is a wide receiver one? Oh, he's like, him, he in my opinion. That's, that's, that's him. Yeah, well, the talent's been there, but he hasn't been consistent enough. So that's the thing is I, I'm waiting to see. And I definitely know for a fact that Zeke ain't a running back one anymore. And they believe that he is. So if they're going to force feed him and he's just not that guy anymore – Along with the fact that um, is it Zach Martin, I believe is out right now. 
and now they're going to have to go with their rookie that they drafted way ahead of schedule, Chris Paul from Tulsa, and put him at the blindside tackle, that is not a good sign. So I'm really really interested to see what they're going to be like next year, or this year, obviously. All right, superlative, second one, sleeper team. Saints. I I was talking about this from a while ago. I just think with that receiving group that they have and an already solid defense, it's already there. And like I said, like, they don't have to really do like they, for them to be nine and eight last year with the challenges that they had and for them to be fully healthy this year, they can easily surpass this. It's not like this is not obtainable. And I feel like a lot of teams are still sleeping on the Saints here. So that's my that's my sleeper pick. This hurts to say because I've been hyping up every team I'm vision set for my own. But I say the Steelers, I feel like whoever starts at that quarterback position, they're going to be good. Like even if it's Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, like they have one, once again, they have one of the best receiving core. They got Deontay Johnson, they got Claypool, and they got, I'm hearing Pickett from Georgia is going to be a star. And I mean, there's a second year, they got Snell as a backup running back and um, Najee, uh, Najee Harris. So their defense is always good. Mike Tomlin's literally top five coach in the league. So I think the Steelers are going to be really good, and they're going to really be close to making the playoffs. That's a hot take. There's a few teams that I could really point to um, right here. And it's between, for me, it's coming down to two teams. It's 49ers and Vikings. And I'm going to go with the 49ers because we're talking about a team that's talented from top to bottom, from obviously the best offensive lineman in Trent Williams. You can't have a better left tackle. You have a great offensive line. The running back position, Elijah Mitchell, was solid last year. You have Devo Samuel, who – is one of the best combo wide receiver slash running back options you could even have in the league. Greg Kittle is an unbelievable tight end. Their defense is great. You got Nick Bosa, Ken Law, and Fred Warner. I mean, you can't go wrong. And for me, I'm very high on Trey Lance. I think it's an it's going to be an upgrade from what was Jimmy G. So the fact that they made it to a um, the conference championship game last year with Jimmy G, I think it's people are really sleeping on the fact that this whole new offensive kind of personality that they're going to take with Trey Lance, it might give them something in similar or similarity to what it was with Colin Kaepernick, but way more high explosive in the past game. Remember that when they first made that change to Colin Kaepernick, it was a lot of pistol, um, a lot of using his legs and they had a lot of talent, but they got to a Super Bowl and they were very close to winning. If um, Thankfully, you know, the Ravens ended up winning that. But I do think this team is a is a huge sleeper team, and I think they can be a team where, again, this everyone can say it, it wouldn't be completely shocking. A lot of people say that now, and it's not going off a limb. But I would not be shocked if Trey Lance has an unbelievable year and almost an MVP like year. I would not I'm be shocked. shocked. I'm shocked now that one of y'all picked the Dolphins. I think that's a team that would underachieve, in my opinion. I just I don't I don't like what they they have. I think it's I mean like I like what they have from some players positions, but like offensive line, they're not very good defensive line. They're okay. Um, a lot of the key areas where that win games, they just don't have it. And I, are you sold on Tua? Cause I'm not. Mm, all right. You said what I had to say about Tua. They're in the perfect position to get rid of Tua if it doesn't work out. Like they've, they've legit have lined themselves up. Okay. It was very close. Everybody speak a high on Tua though. I mean like coaches and players and stuff like that. So I don't, I mean. Yeah. But how, how many guys are going to be like, yeah, our quarterback sucks. Like you don't really you ain't see that. Say, so you just be like, yeah, you know, he, he cool, you know. Like, yeah, we're hyping. They're trying so hard when you got Tyreek Hill going. He's the most accurate passer in the NFL. I would yeah, Tyreek Hill was reaching though. I will say, <laughs> my boy was talking, but I mean, like, it's almost like they're trying too hard. 
right. Superlatives. Team most likely to overachieve. Well, I had the Saints as the sleeper and as the overachiever here because last year they had nine. So if they if they go from nine to eleven right there, I mean, that's where I'm looking at. That was my pick right there. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a, um, what's the name? The one I just did. Give me two. Give, give me yours, nigga. So oh, you did it backwards. Yeah, I thought this. Yeah, I thought the sleepers was like the over. You know what I'm saying? But go ahead. I mean, a, a, a sleeper can't overachieve though. That's yeah, why I had him. That's why I had the Saints. So I had to throw this in because I want to give love to a certain team. Because a sleeper for me, I'm thinking on the lines of going to the playoffs. Overachiever can be a team that's supposed to win like two games that wins like nine. Um, oh well. And so this to me is the, is the Detroit pick the Jags or the Lions. Which one? Which nope, one? the Detroit Lions. Eight and nine is what I have I them going. It. I knew it. I, I really do love Dan Campbell. Like that's just like you watch Hard Knocks. I mean. You understand these guys are going to go to war for this dude. And there was a lot of close games last year. I mean, again, the Ravens probably should have lost that game to him. There's countless times where they probably should have lost or won a game against, like, the Rams or the Ravens. Again, I do like their weapons. Offensively, they're getting some better weapons. Amon Ross, St. Brown, really great wide receiver. DJ Tark, again, boomer bust type of guy, but a really good player. DeAndre Swift, if he stays healthy, Jamal Williams, they have an unbelievable offensive line. And Jared Goff can be that game manager that can win you eight games. So I think they're going to take that next step. I mean, I truly believe Their that. Eight quarter was like six, too, I believe. Was it really six? I mean, that's high for me. Six I would have thought. And a half, I believe. I feel Well, I think that was common with a lot of the Vegas odds because they have Chicago at like six and a half, and I took that under so they hard. Chicago at six and a half? Yeah. I put I have them at two wins. Like, And that's generous. Very much so. Two is okay, I guess. I mean, I was itching to bring up the Browns in some type of way, but I'm just going to be objective, you know. I'm, I'm grown up, you know. I'm trying to be more objective these days, so I'm, I'm going to not say the Browns. So I'm going to say the Falcons. I, like, I really like that receiving core they got right now. You be, um, They defense probably not going to still be that good, but they receiving core. I think the offense is going to be really good, and Marcus Mariota is going to have a nice little, you know, run option offense going with them. And I like what I've seen from them in the preseason. So I think the Falcons – Probably everybody kind of expecting to probably win like four or five games at the most, but I think they can probably win like you know maybe three or four more if they uh they what they depend on offense. Yeah, these lines is both. They got Houston at four and a half. Well, you have to you have to you can't put them like at three. You can't put them at like two or three because everyone's gonna take the over. What they got the Falcons at? Uh, Falcons are sitting at four and a half. Yeah, Uh, technically I have them at six, so that would be an overachieve. I was still doing that. Oh, I actually wrote down my overachiever could have been the Packers. Considering I have them at 13 and 4. You are really high on the Packers. Like, well, so this is my thing is again, like, they have two really good running backs. They've already said they're going to kind of go away from this, you know, high offensive, you know, air raid. I mean, they don't have a choice. It ain't like, yeah, we're good. No, you don't have a choice. You, you almost have to do it. But again, they're going to have a top five, top 10 defense. Like, that's the thing. I truly am really high on their I defense. In the defense. So, so the receiving core is Allen, Allen Lazard. Christian Watson. Is it Sam, was Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins, Christian okay, Watson. Okay, and Christian Randall, Watson. Okay. Randall Cobb, uh, Romeo Dubs has been really good this preseason. I'm high on him. I think also you give Aaron Rodgers just people to throw to. I think he's going to make some guys out of uh, no names. Yeah, so, I agree. Your point. Um, let's move on to awards. So we got to start with the MVP of the year. I have Josh Allen getting this. I think it's kind of this time for him to kind of take that throne. You know, 
again, I, I think he last year at the end they started to run with him a little bit more. So if they do a little bit of that combined with I think he's only getting better and better, and I think Gabriel Davis is going to take that next step. And there might be some rumors that OBJ might be a Buffalo Bill. You add some weapons there with him. I think this team with the Buffalo Bills is going to be the best team in the league as well as I think he's going to be probably the best quarterback in the league this year. I had Justin Herbert. Ooh, I like that. That's my boy. My man threw for 5,000 last year, 38 TDs. I expect him to be around that same that, 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 that same stat line. Like I said, I have him coming out the AFC West. So, you know, I come on, man. And plus, y'all already know how Justin Herbert get down. So I, I ain't trying to hear no backlash about this. It's just all depending on if this team can finally put this together and make a run. But that's my pick right there. Well, I think Justin Herbert gonna ball out because I mean, he he is really good. I was just salty when everybody put him like in a top three quarterback. He just passed everybody else. I ain't really respect that, but he really he like that, and they team is like that. So I respect that pick. I had Josh Allen too, so and I think the Bills probably gonna be the top of the AFC, and Josh Allen gonna put up numbers. I think he's gonna be more consistent this year. A couple, even though he played a really good season last year, a couple games he like didn't play good, and I think he's gonna be a lot more consistent. He keeps getting better every year. That's what I got. And defensive player of the year. Um, I'm gonna let y'all go to hear what you guys have first, and then and then I'll go. I had Nick Bosa had well, let's see, 15 sacks last year. I was fourth in the league behind Miles Garrett. Then he also had 21 tackles for a loss, which was leading in the NFL. Two years removed from the injury, man. I think he's gonna make a case a, a case for a defensive player of the year. Um, I got Miles Garrett. You know what I'm saying? What I knew players? that was coming. I already knew that pick. We skip shot because I already knew his pick. One of the best players in the league. I think he's gonna do his thing this year. You know, I like the way he was talking about this um, preseason. Our defense is really good. We probably gonna have a top ten defense for sure. And I think he's gonna be the anchor of it. Yeah, I mean, so that just stole. I, I have Miles Garrett because I think he's gonna be the sole. I mean, to go along with the defense, but I have the Browns nine and eight. I have them actually vying for a playoff spot. And really, the only reason I don't have them making the playoffs is what's it called the uh the suspension obviously Deshaun Watson but I think Miles Garrett is going to have an unbelievable year. What what did he was he second in sacks total? Is that what he was last year? I think um, was third. third. So yeah. I think he's going to have a great year as well. So that's my defensive player of the year. Move on to coach of the year. For me, I have Nick Sirianni uh from the Philadelphia Eagles. It was between him and Dennis Allen. Um, and I just can't give it to Dennis Allen because it's like you also coached the Raiders and you had a 22 win percentage. So I'm a little bit like skeptic because you're just getting handed the keys to a Ferrari. The Eagles, however, I think Nick Sirianni is honestly a really good coach and he just kind of gets mocked because some of his his um, interviews and post game like interviews are just kind of weird. And some of the like kind of the things he says, but that's my coach of the year because I had the Eagles probably 11 and six. And I also think they can play better than that. So. I got Kevin O'Connell. I mean, offensive coordinator for the Rams. I mean, y'all already seen what Cooper Cup can do. I, I didn't know he wasn't play calling, but just seeing what Justin Jefferson can do with that coach that whose name we not going to name, and you give my man a coach who's more offensive driven. I mean, the Rams were, let's see, league second most efficient in passing offense. And, like, he already has, like, the offense is already set up for the Vikings. There, there are some questions a little bit on the O-line cornerback is still questionable but i think that they can definitely get to that 11 and 6 this year so that's one of my picks right there uh, i'll pick one for my sleeper team the Steelers. i think mike tomlin can win it this year because 
Jimmy still going. So I didn't really pick them to win the division or really make the playoffs. But if they if they did, I wouldn't be surprised. And I feel like that would get them the coach of the year if they got into like 11, 6, 10, and seven. So you're high on the Steelers either way, or is it if Kenny Pickett starts? Either one, either quarterback, one. either quarterback. Wow. All right. Well, that wraps up the NFL preview show. In two weeks' time, the NFL will be back and ready to go. Um, and we have some new, I guess, topics, kind of, uh, I guess, parts of the show. We're going to go with our gambling spot for me and Jaron. It's going to be called Dean's List. Let's rock. I can't even gamble. I'm in Texas. I can't I can't even gamble like that. All right. Well, you're still going to do your little parlay. We're going to do a one, uh, one six-game parlay each week. We're not going to probably bet on him, or Jaron can't bet on him, but I might. Um. We might do some on the so, side. We'll see. We'll that ahead. part of the show is going to be called Dean's List. Let's ride. And then we'll have our power rankings like we usually do and our Dean's List players of the week. Um, so I'm excited to get back into it. Sean, we're glad to see you back with us, man. And um, and hopefully we'll get back to producing some more shows again. So thanks to y'all for tuning in. Like always, subscribe, hit the channel, and have a great rest of your day like always. Thanks once again for joining us this week for our breakdown of all the hottest news around the NBA and NFL. Make sure to stay up to date by tuning in every week on Spotify, Apple, and Buzzsprout.